You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Happy Wednesday night, Bills Mafia. What is up? I am Matt Perino, and I am here as one of your hosts of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. And we have a very special episode for you tonight. Uh, I'm joined, as always, as by my tag team partner, Mr. Ryan Talbot. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Looking forward to tonight's uh, show and our conversation here coming up. Yeah. So we have um, a sports agent tonight, uh, Kate Ferreira. She represents uh, Bill's running back, Zach Moss, who I know a lot of Bill's mafia is very excited about. The Bills drafted him in the third round. Yeah, we we connected with Kate and uh, we wanted to have her on to have a little bit of a conversation tonight about what it's like not only representing one of your Bill's players, but also, you know, being an NFL sports agent in 2020 has to be such a uh, interesting job. I mean, I go back to um, Entourage, and um, even now to uh, more current ballers, and it, it just seems like such a uh, uh, an exciting, um, active career and job. And uh, we'll try to get her back in here. Um, if you guys are watching tonight, as always, drop your comments, questions. Um, in the uh, box here below, and we will attack those at the end of the show. And there she is right now, Kate Ferreira. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Kate. We're so excited to have you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So um, let's do a little intro here um, to get things started. Now, when Ryan um, suggested having you on the show, we were excited. And then he told me that you grew up in Syracuse. And I was like, perfect. The connection is there, (laughs) Syracuse.com obviously Mm -hmm. is where we both work. So why don't you tell people a little bit about, you know, uh, where you grew up uh, and how you've kind of made it to where you are today? Sure. So uh, thank you again for having me on. It's a very exciting opportunity and we're all very excited for Zach, who's actually in Buffalo. He just got there a couple of days ago. So excited about that. Um, So yeah, I'm from Syracuse, New York, uh, actually Baldwinsville, which is a small suburb of Syracuse. Um, I grew up there my entire life and played various sports throughout my high school 
in college career, played soccer, basketball, and lacrosse uh, in high school, and then went on to play Division One soccer at the University of Akron in Ohio. Um, moved back to Rochester, New York for about a year at a law firm that I started my career with, and then I transferred to the law firm I'm currently at, which is Holland and Knight, and now I work out in Los Angeles. But my whole family is still back in upstate uh, Seneca Falls in particular, which is about two hours from Buffalo. So they couldn't be more excited with this with this draft pick. And go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. What did you oh, uh, there was that was just some kind of feedback. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to say something. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I, I lived out on the West Coast for for five years, and it's such a different. Um, I don't even want to say lifestyle, but it just, I just feel like the West coast is just like a different vibe. Like a, it, it's sunny all the time. It's uh, <laughs> much more relaxed. What's the biggest difference? I mean, obviously growing up in Syracuse and, and now living out there, what's, what's been the biggest difference for you? Gosh, I mean, you can't even really pick one. And now with this whole COVID-19, it's even more different. But uh, when I first moved out here it was definitely just the pace being from New York. I mean, even upstate, I know, you know, people from downstate, Think we're from Canada, but all of us from <laughs> Syracuse and Buffalo do consider ourselves from New York. Um, and so moving out to LA, I mean, everything is slow paced. Everything is based around traffic. You know, for us, we could get to a mall, grocery store, movie theater within 10 minutes. Out here, you got to plan your whole day just to go to one. Um, so that was definitely an interesting, um, you know, experience. And then just the work-life balance is very different out here. Um, there's really no such thing as a nine to five. Uh, people kind of work throughout the day, um, you know, take breaks to enjoy the afternoon sunshine, come back, work. Uh, so, you know, it, it's definitely different, but I thoroughly enjoy it out here. And I, I really love being out here. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, drafted Zach Moss in the third round of this year's draft. Um, mm -hmm. Fans are so excited uh, because uh the Bills get to pair him with another young emerging talent in Devin Singletary, and they bring interesting things to the mix. But before we get too much into what Zach kind of brings as a football player, how did you guys connect? How did you how did you end up being his his agent? And if I'm, I, I want to ask too, is he the first agent that you've represented that that's been drafted? He is, yes. So this is my third year being an NFL agent. Um, my first two years, I had a couple guys sign priority free agent contracts, kind of hop around the league a little bit. Um, but Zach is my first drafted client. Uh, so I was introduced to Zach through my business partner, uh, Jamal Tucson, who is actually Zach's co-agent. Um, Zach and Jamal connected probably two, three years ago. Um, and then about two years ago, I was introduced to Zach and, you know, we just kind of developed a very genuine relationship. We spent a lot of time in Utah. Uh, he spent a lot of time in LA. We got to know him, his family, and really just developed an organic relationship where when it came signing time, there really wasn't much of a decision for Zach. Just, you know, he's a very loyal person and family and, you know, relationships means a lot to him. So, you know, we feel very good about Zach. I think he feels good about us. And so it's a really good partnership that we have going. So, how surreal was it with my mic? How surreal was it to have Zach drafted by the NFL team closest to where you grew up? And has he already come to you for any advice or any questions about the area itself? 
Yes. So I don't know if you guys have seen the video uh, that was put out when Zach signed his contract yesterday or the day before. That's actually my living room in Los Angeles. His whole family came out from Miami and we did his draft party at the house because of, you know, the COVID restrictions. And you'll see I'm the one standing up, jumping up and down. I think I was the most excited in the room. Uh, it was pretty late back on the East Coast, but I was texting everyone from my family and, you know, it's a little delayed on the TV. So like, is that him or is he getting picked? Is he getting picked? And so when finally it was Buffalo, I mean, everyone was just ecstatic. And as my business partner says it best, the Buffalo Bills drafted Zach and then they drafted the Ferraris because I promised there will be probably more of us there than, uh, than I don't know, Zach's family will come as well, but there'll be a lot of both of us. So it was very, very exciting. It's interesting the the relationship between player and agent. I mean, everybody you know remembers you know growing up watching Jerry Maguire, and you know the you, you really got an inside look at the dynamic that's created because you're sharing this journey with them so intimately, like you mentioned that you know you root for them and you become like family. So. What's that like? And now entering into this phase, I mean, there's so much excitement, but it's also like, okay, now it's time to get to work. And you're kind of almost like following along at each part of this process. It's got to be so um, rewarding. It is. It is. And you're right. I mean, it it does really become like a family member. And, you know, I worry about him like I would worry about anybody in my family as far as, you know, when you asked me, Ryan, about advice, you know, what car was he going to get? Kate, how are the roads in Buffalo? Is it really as bad as everyone says it is? Um, <laughs> things like that, and, you know, where they're going to live and, you know, just the day to day off the field stuff. There's a ton of it that goes on. And so, you know, we are a support system for him. But now it's time to play football. I mean, that's what he was drafted for. That's his sole uh, priority right now, learning the playbook, staying and remaining healthy and getting up to speed. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely rewarding to see him live out his dream when he signed his contract, you know, it, it meant everything to him and his family. And, you know, after a couple of years of building a relationship with him, you feel that yourself. And so I'm very proud of him. I'm proud of us. And it's a very exciting time for everybody. So, you know, the bills running game last year, um, especially early on in the year was really good. They, they rebuilt their offensive line and, um, you know, Bobby Johnson, their offensive line coach, very involved with the run game and, and, and strategically how to get things going. I mean, Frank Gore, who was 36 last year, had a ton of success early in, early in the season. And mm-hmm. Zach enters a role now um, with so much opportunity, you know, which sometimes can be rare for younger running backs, really coming into the right. league and getting a chance to contribute right away. How mm-hmm. ready is he, I mean, he had so much success at Utah. How ready is he to kind of come in here, assume any role that's available and make it and take advantage of it? I think he's, he's more than ready. I mean, obviously there's training camp and a lot that he still has to learn with the playbook, but Zach is incredibly smart when it comes to his football IQ. I mean, the, everybody at the combine, all the GMs, the only thing that, I mean, not the only thing, but the most thing that we heard the feedback was he's brilliant on the board. I mean, he's, his football IQ is just impressive. And so he's learning the playbook. They haven't actually got on the field together yet. Although he has had some one-off workouts with some of his teammates who have been out here in LA training. Um, And so I think he's going to be ready for any opportunity. Um, Buffalo's running style is pretty similar to Utah's. And so in that respect, he has seen a system similar to Buffalo. Um, And from a football standpoint, you know, despite, 
Zach, where he wanted to end up on a team football wise, Buffalo could not be a better pick. I think it's a great fit for him. I think he's going to be ready to go day one and the opportunity is his. So I think we're going to see a lot of Zach Moss this year for sure. You know, uh, I don't know what's wrong with my mic tonight. Uh, we hear from players all the time saying how relieved they are when they sign their contract, whether it's a rookie deal, whether it's a second contract. How about as as an agent? How relieved were you or uh, was there some level of satisfaction getting this deal done this week, especially considering how many rookies have not been signed yet today? Mm -hmm. You know, it is. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into when players sign. Um, and you're right. I mean, there is a ton of rookies. We get the signals every couple of days and there's a ton of rookies who have not signed their contracts. Um, the reality is we don't even know hundred percent that there's going to be a season. So there's not this mad rush that, you know, we had to get them done for rookie mini camp. We had to get them done for X, Y, and Z. I mean, there's just, that's not a reality right now. And so I think everyone is moving a little bit slower. Oh, sounds like a train's going by. Um, and, <laughs> and um, you know, for the third round, which is honestly, from an agent standpoint, it's the only round where there's a significant amount of negotiating. Um, the CBA pretty much lays out what rookies are going to make, when and where. Um, the third round leaves negotiation room. You know, you can move money around. It's all based on percentages of the max. And so there's a lot that can be done. And so we honestly spent the last month negotiating with the bills. I mean, this was not a, they presented us the contract on Monday and we signed it on Tuesday. <laughs> they presented it to us weeks ago and we had several, several turns of this document. And so, you know, it kind of got to a point where Zach was ready to move forward. Um, and at the end of the day, you end up kind of arguing over in the long run, nothing. So it just came to the point where both teams or both sides, I should say, you know, we're happy. Everyone got what they wanted. Maybe not everything they wanted, but everyone was satisfied. And so we're all very excited. And now Zach is off and running. So it's good. We're excited. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the agent business. I, I mean, especially in 2020, you know, I, I being now two years on the beat and spending some time at the combine and, and different league events, I get a chance to talk to a lot of agents and it seems like a business business that's always kind of changing. And so mm -hmm. what's it like navigating that kind of world and trying to figure out, you know, how to operate within it yourself? It is a very, very interesting business. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a full-time attorney. And so that side of my life is very structured. Um, the agent business is, it's, it's hard to explain, honestly. I mean, my biggest thing is you have to just stay in your lane. There are so many different agents. There's so many different type of agencies and different ways and, you know, different ways people like to act as an agent. There's some agents like myself who are hands-on. I do everything that Zach touches I know about. Um, there's other agencies where, you know, they have different people for different roles. Um, and it, it, it's, it is a difficult, difficult business. I mean, um, you know, it's one of those where recruiting can be troubling depending on your background and uh, the financial resources that your firm has and the players on your roster and things like that um, that can contribute to how players view you. Um, fortunately for people like Zach, he really looked at our credentials you know, we had Nikhil Harry who went in the first round last year to the Patriots. So we have people on our roster. It's just 
Um, we're not a huge agency. We're very small, but we like it that way. We, um, we like to stay small. We like to give our clients that really one-on-one -on -one attention. And so, you know, Zach could have went to any agency that he wanted. He had every opportunity to go anywhere. And so I think, you know, agents work for players. And I think that's something that's kind of misconstrued sometimes. We're not, we're out recruiting them, but really they should be interviewing us. Um, and so players need to pick agents that fit them and their lifestyle and what they want. Um, and so, you know, everyone is in for everyone. And so a lot of players won't be for us and we won't be for a lot of players. And so it's, like I said, you got to stay in your lane. You got to know which players are going to be good players for you and your brand and which ones aren't. You know, Zach, Zach has had some really cool quotes uh, since he was drafted. Again, a chance to talk to him on the virtual, in the virtual setting, uh, I think twice now. Um, and one of them that really sticks out still is when he said that when defenders try to tackle him, he wants to make sure they know they're making a business decision. And yeah. I get a, I got a kick out of that because that's, that's kind of like a mentality that I think really probably was sold to this bills regime. They like those kinds of players. And yeah. not only that, but he was passed over. I mean, th there's some people that think he was the top running back in this class going as the, I think it was the sixth back taken in this draft. I mean, is there a chip on the shoulder? Because I know they also in, in Buffalo like that because of the blue collar mentality. Right. Yeah. You know, um, for Zach, I think, well, first of all, we all thought he was going to get drafted higher. We think he's a better running back than um, a, a late third rounder. Uh, but, you know, you just never know in the draft. We never know what teams need and things happen. And and teams draft for what they need, the style of player, the personality of players, et cetera. So uh, is there a chip on their shoulder, his shoulder? I don't know. Um, but I do know that Zach knows that he's the best running back in this draft class and he's going to prove it. So, you know, hit that saying, and I was watching it on TV when he had that interview and I just loved every minute of it. I mean, but that's, that's how he thinks. He takes the game very, very serious, seriously. I mean, this is his life. This is his job and he's very tough to take down. And that's one of his biggest attributes. I mean, the first guy is never going to tackle him and he, he lives by that. So. You know, you know okay. How does being a, a former D one athlete yourself, maybe help you in, in your job as an agent and maybe even make connections with some of these players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it helps a lot in the sense of when they're in college, although I was not on the uh, pro path, it's all the same, right? I mean, our, we were basically working in undergrad. I mean, it, it, playing a sport in college is a job. Um, and I think being able to navigate that and being able to help them and, you know, kind of recommend the right resources, recommend the right ways to handle different situations is really helpful. And I think, you know, just speaking from an athlete, I think athletes have a similar mentality, whether you're actually playing a sport at the time or in your life or your career. Um, I think athletes think a certain way and I'm able to connect with athletes on that level. Um, so I think, I think it definitely, I think it definitely does help. And then you know, just little things, even from an injury standpoint, right? I mean, Zach will tell me that something happened. I'll be like, oh, you got to go do X, Y, and Z because I've had three torn knees. I've done and broken pretty much everything. So, you know, I think just being an athlete and being able to relate to what he's going through um, is helpful. And it, it definitely helped develop our relationship. Were you able to um, get out to any of the workouts when they were uh, got when they got together out in uh, California? Yes. Yep. I went to uh, a lot of workouts. Yeah. The uh, 
the fanfare around Josh and company getting together has been really something. I mean, to watch, I mean, especially during this coronavirus time, right. like with, with people kind of just starving for any type of, you know, uh, exciting news. I mean, this was right. something that, you know, it, it's probably not hard to get as many people as they did down in Florida, but even at the beginning, getting the rookies together out. I mean, what's your impression as somebody that's been around pro sports of Josh Allen and his ability to kind of, bring people together. I mean, he, it seems to be uh, a recurring theme now with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, from my limited experience with him, I think he is a natural leader um, and he has the ability, like you said, to get people together. I mean, I think it speaks volumes for all of them, right? None of them had to go do anything. They are actually told everything's voluntary. So the fact that they're taking time to get together and Josh is facilitating, Hey, this is going to be our team. I want us to start practicing. I want us to get in work on the field together. Cause it's one thing when you're taking zoom calls and reading your playbook, and then it's a completely different thing when you get out on the field. So for him to take that initiative and kind of get his team together and working out, I thought it was great. And, you know, I was very supportive of Zach doing it. Zach wanted to do it. Um, and I think in the long run, it's going to help all of them. What was your main sport growing up that you, that you enjoyed? So I, soccer was my main sport, although I liked basketball better. I just, you know, my five, five statured and inability to jump very high <laughs> kind, of kind of prevented me from doing uh, that well there. But um, so soccer was my main one. As a, as a football fan, if you were one, did you have a team? Oh, yes. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Another. And we thought there for a little while that they were going to take them. They were, they showed a lot of interest, no offense to the bills. You know, I, I do like the bills, but um, growing up, my cousin, I mean, you know, twice removed was the defensive end coach for the Packers at the time. So when I was eight, I got to, you know, meet Brett Favre and go in the locker room and walk on Lambeau. And so, you know, that has still holds close to my heart, but so that was, that was my team growing up. Cool. Well, I was going to ask you if you've been to a Bills game in Orchard Park and if you've experienced Bills Mafia yet, because I'm sure now you're going to. I am going to, yes. Uh, but no, I actually have not been to a Bills game before. So what I'm you, excited about that. What have you been told? Because you're from the area. Oh, yes. I'm from the area. I have a lot of friends who are diehard Bills fans. Um, you know, when the when the news broke that Zach signed his contract, I, I had more text messages than I do on my birthday, I think. So um, <laughs> everyone is very excited. I Like I said, when um, fans are allowed to go, we're all going to be there. Um, I've heard it is intense. Um, my family, my mom's side of the family lives in Butler, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, for those who don't know. And to get from Pittsburgh to Syracuse, you have to go through Buffalo. And they would go and sometimes get stuck. Or when I was a kid, we'd get stuck on Bill game days. And people were literally in the street parked, partying on the highway. Because <laughs> traffic is so bad because there's so many fans and everyone's celebrating after games that you literally can't get anywhere. So I'm excited to go and be a fan and enjoy the experience from that standpoint. Okay. What's the most surprising thing about being an agent that maybe you didn't expect uh, when you decided to pursue getting into this field? You know, I think there's different surprises every day. <laughs> Some things, even though you expect them, they're still surprising. Um, you know, it never stopped surprising me how much people try to take advantage of athletes. 
Um, and so that is something where I am very big on trying to prevent that from happening. I just think there's this misconception of, oh my gosh, this, this player is so wealthy now and, you know, they should do this investment and that investment and, you know, not even think to go through the numbers of, okay, this was taxes, this is this, this is his livelihood, et cetera, et cetera. But they're coming to these athletes who really, I mean, their expertise is not in investing, right? Their expertise is in playing football. And so the amount of people that just have their hands grabbing at these athletes is, it's not surprising. It, it still surprises me, but it, it's one of the most frustrating aspects of this. And I would think as time goes on and people get more educated and, you know, more of an understanding of, especially in football, the non-guaranteed money, um, the contracts that don't get to the NBA level contracts that some of this would subside, but it just does not seem to every day. It seems to be something new. And so that's a frustrating aspect, but thank God for people like Zach who really listen. And anytime anything's presented to him, he picks up the phone and calls. So that's to his credit. One of the cool features of doing the live podcast like this is uh, the fan engagement. We like to get that in. And, and there's a good question here that popped up in the chat. And I wanted to bring it up because, you know, we actually had a show two weeks ago where we had two female reporters and we had a really great conversation of what it's like covering, you know, a male dominated sport like like the NFL uh, as a woman. So I guess this is a great question for you. Is it tough being a female agent at times? At times it is. Um, I, I think I like to consider it a benefit uh, more so than a detriment. Um, the benefit is because, you know, when if you've been to the combine, when you look around, most agents look the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you don't look the same as every other agent, it's intriguing, right? And so the GMs might want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone who's fresh and they haven't talked to before, might have a different perspective. And so I've never had an issue getting a meeting, which is always helpful for my players because, you know, I like to think the couch GMs are not the information that we want players listening to. We want the information coming off of social media and from the actual sources themselves. So I've been able to develop good relationships. And I think as a female, no offense to men, we just take more time in developing real genuine relationships. So I have spent the last five years attending every event possible and just connecting with people with power and developing real relationships with them where I know their families and they know mine. And um, so I'm able to help my players with in that respect where it becomes difficult is in the recruiting standpoint, right? Because you are recruiting 18 to 20 year old young men. Um, and so that can sometimes be a little challenging um, but you know, for the most part, I think people are respectful mm -hmm. and as long as, you know, boundaries are set. And as my mentor once told me, you know, okay, you're going to have five minutes when you're in any meeting to get people to understand that, you know, what you're talking about. So, you know, I always keep that in the back of my mind. Business is always first. Um, you know, as a male agent, you can kind of talk to these athletes about pretty much anything, uh, develop relationships about what they did last night or, you know, whatever. Whereas for me, that's not really a conversation that I'm going to have with a client. Now, at the end of the day, does that affect whether they're going to sign with me? I don't think so. Um, but it's just a matter of developing a relationship on a different level than I would as a male to another male. Absolutely. And you just mentioned uh, mentors. So do you, are there any mentors or people who inspired you to get into this business? And if so, if you could elaborate on who they are. 
Sure. Um, so I have a, I, I don't have a one particular mentor. The gentleman I was just speaking of, uh, his name is Everett Glenn. He was a sports agent and attorney um, back when he had Jerry Rice and Willie Galt and Clark Kellogg and a couple other pretty big names. Um, so he's been very influential in my career. He's out here in Los Angeles. Um, I partnered up with him when I first moved out here and he's been incredibly helpful. Um, you know, I give a lot of credit to my parents. My mom was of the mindset that athletes have such a platform. She's really the one who instilled this in me. Um, you know, being from Baldwinsville, it's a small town, and I was a very good athlete for my town. Um, and I learned at a very young age the influence I had over my peers. Um, and so I was not judged at the same level as, say, my sister, who was a non-athlete, because she didn't have the eyes on her that I didn't. So if I did something and it was incorrect and then, you know, I could influence gosh knows how many people. And so that kind of transcended. And then the Michael Vick situation happened when I was growing up and then, you know, it rippled effect. And so she really made me understand that, Hey, if you have a platform, you need to use it and you need to use it appropriately. And so as an athlete, knowing I was never going to be Mia Hamm, I figured, okay, well, how can I influence the younger generation when I will not be the athlete? So because of that, I wanted to work with athletes who do have a platform and do have an influence. And so if I impact them, then I only have to impact one person for them to impact thousands. And so that's kind of where my desire to be an agent started from. This has been a awesome conversation. Before I let you get out of here, I wanted to ask you one final question. For me, you know, I spent five years in the UFC traveling on the, around the world, watching uh, all these fights all over the, the globe. And now covering the NFL, I mean, the experiences I've had as somebody who covers the sport has been so unreal at times. I mean, I talk to my wife about it all the time. For you, you know, I've seen some pictures uh, on your Instagram. You know, you've been all over the place, NBA games, NFL games. Like, what what's the coolest memory that you've, you've had so far uh, throughout your career? Oh, gosh, I, I have a lot. You're right. I mean, I do love sports. Um, it's, a, it's a time for me to get with my family. I bring... My dad and I go to pretty much every Final Four there is. Um, uh, so actually, that's one really great experience. When we went to the Final Four in San Antonio, uh, the Rockets were in town. And I have a good friend who plays for the Rockets. And so we were able to get courtside tickets, which for my dad, who's also an attorney and a very successful man, but not in the sports world, for him to sit courtside at a basketball game. And, you know, he's the thriftiest person in the world, so he would never buy those tickets himself. But because they were free and he got to wave and touch hands with people like James Harden and others, it was like the coolest experience for him. I took him, um, his best friend from kindergarten, who his son was there also. So the four of us got to go to a game on that off day in between the final four. And so to allow them to have those type of experiences is really exciting for me. And so that was probably one of my one of my favorite moments. Awesome. Well, she is Kate Ferreira. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Zach Moss is her client, and you're going to see a lot of him over the next couple of years, Bills fans. Uh, this was a great chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So we are going to keep this moving along. We're going to actually have another segment here um, for you guys in the chat. If you have anything that you'd like us to cover uh, quick rapid fire style while we're, while we got you, I'm not sure if we're going to have a live show next week. Uh, and we might be off for a couple weeks. I got some things that I'm working on, uh, and we might be able to do it, but this is kind of that period of the season 
or of the year where uh, things kind of died down a little bit. I mean, Sean McDermott had his final press conference today um, until training camp. And so we're going to get about six weeks here where there's not a lot going on. But you know, there's one topic that I think is really interesting right now. And, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement really ramping up over the last couple of weeks and Colin Kaepernick, obviously, with everything that has happened now um, in the last few weeks, his name has obviously been in the news. And actually, Mike Sando, a guy I respect a whole ton, works for The Athletic. He came out with an article, um, I think, earlier this week, where he said uh, he gave 10 fifths. Uh, for teams that should pursue Colin Kaepernick. And I and I want to read what he said about the Bills because he said the Bills were the number two team after the Jacksonville Jaguars that he believed should make a run at him. And he wrote, these teams that you know he picked, the 10 teams, current backup quarterbacks have never enjoyed significant success in the league, unlike Colin Kaepernick, and do not seem to be likely starters in the future. It's also not clear how good these teams' current starters might become. So there's some questions there about Josh Allen, and there's obviously some questions about Matt Barkley. And he wrote, Matt Barkley is backing up Josh Allen. Kaepernick could be seen as another version of Allen and that both are athletic quarterbacks with concerns over throwing accuracy. Barkley has 10 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions with a 2-5 and five record and seven career starts, including a 41-10 victory over the Jets in his lone Buffalo start in 2018. So I want to ask you, Ryan, where do you land on, you know, first of all, there's some teams that probably make a little bit more sense for Colin Kaepernick, in my view. You know, you, you mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars. What, what is Gardner Minshew? We saw some really interesting things last year, but we'll see if, if that continues to take off uh, in year two. But where, where do you think Colin Kaepernick is? Well, well, first and foremost, I think Mike Sando is right on the money in terms of uh, fitting and it, they, they do have a similar skill sets in terms of athleticism. Um, there are some question marks about both of their accuracy, you know, but at one time, Colin Kaepernick was one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL. And then obviously things kind of fell apart there late in his 49ers tenure. And then uh, he hasn't really been employed since then. So uh, I, I can't come out right away and just say that he should be getting that job over Matt Barkley or anything else like that. But you know, he's a guy that teams really should be bringing in for workouts to see one. Um, is he in game shape? How, you know, is he ready to play if we needed to call upon him, if there was an injury, for instance? But there are certainly some teams that uh, are not well positioned, I guess would be the best way to put it. If something happened to their starter, maybe it's a, a inexperienced player, maybe it's an, a former undrafted free agent, whatever the case may be. And there's obviously many teams that are carrying three quarterbacks right now, if not more, where there, there's some players who certainly, from a talent perspective, don't have Kaepernick's natural uh, talent. So, you know, you know, for a while, the biggest thing with Kaepernick was teams were saying, oh, it'd be too much of a distraction. I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I truly don't. Uh, so I would at least like to see him get some work, get some tryouts along the way. In terms of Buffalo, yeah, I do think there is a certain fit there just based on his skill set compared to what Josh Allen brings to the table. And if something were to happen to Josh, you know, wouldn't you want to have a quarterback where you're not going to have to adjust much in terms of your game plan because of the, that similar skill set? Yeah. 
You know, I think that the, the reason I bring this up is because I, I really I asked the question today in the press conference and I asked about Matt Barkley and, and Davis Webb and Jake Fromm and the backup quarterback situation behind Josh Allen. Because let's be honest, Josh Allen plays a very aggressive style of football. We've talked about this many times. And, you know, he was injured as a rookie. Uh, he, he suffered a concussion last year against the Patriots. But there's always that threat of him missing time. And so I think you have to look at your backup situation. And you know, the Bills went out and drafted Jake Fromm. Obviously, he's been in the news in recent weeks. But the Bills are moving forward. They, they're, they're very committed to uh, the communication process that's going on within the team. You know, he said his piece. He apologized. Uh, and they're going to go to camp with Jake Fromm still on the roster. And then I've been so interested at this developing story of Dave, Davis Webb. Um, this is a guy that, you know, I remember when he started – and there was a lot of, um, you know, excitement about him in New York. You know, obviously he started with the Jets, went to the Giants. Um, and I asked Sean McDermott about him today and like what this, you know, what this backup quarterback situation looks like in terms of the competition. And those are two guys in Matt Barkley and Davis Webb, Barkley more than anything, who I feel like doesn't get a lot of respect nationally. And I know the record isn't there like Mike mentioned. And like I mentioned, I respect Mike a ton. But I think Matt Barkley's role and Davis Webb's role is so much more important than the potential um, second option if something happens to Josh Allen. Because I think that this season is tied to Josh Allen. And I think that Matt Barkley and Davis Webb, they've helped so much, Barkley more than anybody at this point, I think, player-wise, in Josh's development. And I still think that as much as I think he's ready to take more of the responsibility and more of the reins this year, I still think he needs, you know, guys that have been in the league that have been, that have been there, that have seen different systems that can help him as he continues to try to build himself into a better quarterback. And so I, I I'm not as unhappy with the backup quarterback situation. as I think some, a lot of people, not just Mike Sando, but a lot of people tend to be with Barkley and company. And, and that's fair because, like you said, Barkley's bringing more than just quarterback player right now. He's obviously helping Josh a lot with the learning curve, uh, learning about what he's seeing on the field, things like that as a veteran. And, and I think a lot of people last year were quick to point out that season finale against the Jets because uh, Matt Barkley did not play well in that game, but he didn't have most of the starting talent there. Whereas you go back to that game against the Jets a few years ago where he actually had the other starters around him and he played it very well. Uh, and they, the Bills ended up blowing out the Jets. And you go to that Patriots game last year where Josh Allen goes down with concussion. Uh, if I remember correctly, Barkley comes in right away and he hits a, hits a pass, uh, moves the team right down the field, and they get on the cusp of scoring that touchdown that would have put them ahead, and they ultimately get stopped near the goal line. So he, he has had his moments uh, in terms of on-field play, but off the field he, he does seem like he's been a great mentor to Josh Allen. He seems like he's taught Allen a lot. Uh, they always seem to be together uh, went on and off the field. And obviously, you mentioned Davis Webb as well, kind of leading those um, workouts in, in Florida. So it, it's just a very intriguing quarterback room overall. Yeah, if something did happen to Josh and was out for potentially multiple weeks, would, would I feel comfortable with the rest of that room? No, but I don't think there's many teams in the NFL where you can say, oh, I'd feel comfortable with quarter this whatever this quarterback backup quarterback is playing five or six games there's always a few teams like the saints for instance with Jameis winston and things like that where yeah you'd feel more confident there that that quarterback could come in and perform and win but 
most teams are kind of in the same boat as Buffalo, where it's not going to be the same talent level or even a slight drop off if something happens to your starter. Indeed. All right. So this has been another episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, please, if you will, subscribe on YouTube, which is where you guys are all watching right now. We appreciate it so much. But you could also find us on all of your podcast platforms. So Google, Stitcher, uh, Amazon, I believe now, uh, Spotify, Apple, everything. Uh, go and search Shout uh, Buffalo Bills football podcast with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Subscribe, rate, and review as we continue to try to grow this audience. I do have a couple uh, ideas uh, to get us through the next six weeks. I'm not sure we'll be live every Wednesday night, but Ryan and I will be doing uh, a series where we're doing kind of a, a longer Q&A type of uh, uh, mailbag, if you will. And so we're going to be tackling a, a couple of those topics every week. And so uh, ch- make sure you check it out. And if you subscribe on the app, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll get it right to your phone when they come out. We appreciate you guys so much. My man, Ryan Talbot, looking trim as ever, <laughs> getting after it on the old uh, the old cardio uh, machine. Actually, both of us are ru- doing a lot of running outside. We were talking about that a little bit before. Uh, it's quarantine life, man. We got to get after it any way we can. Yeah, w- without a doubt, I'm trying different things. And, and I'm not a runner, but I'm doing my best. All right. All right, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, We will be back at some point. Make sure you keep it locked onto the YouTube channel. Uh, We'll definitely uh, ping you uh, when we have our next show. For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino.